Uh, you can turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Ecclesiastes is about in the center of your Bible. There are Psalms, that's the big one that you'll be able to find. And then there's Proverbs after that. And then there is Ecclesiastes after that. If you turn, open it up and it's Song of Solomon, you've gone just a little bit past it. So Ecclesiastes chapter 5. You know, we, uh, we will sing as sometime. We just recently sang it. I think it was Memorial Day, God Bless America. And we sing that as a prayer because we are praying that God blesses America, recognizing that he already has blessed us in a great way. And we've had many, many blessings since those uh, first strugglers, the colonists, came over here, not searching for riches, but searching for a place where they could raise their families to worship God the way they wanted to worship God. And so, uh, and to organize their communities and families according to the laws of God. Now, a few centuries later, we uh, are still incredibly blessed, profoundly blessed, tremendously blessed by God. And we do not have the same struggles that those early settlers had. We have different struggles here. And we do have struggles that could destroy this great country if we are not careful. And we see those foundations eroding around us all the time. There is nothing wrong with being blessed. Many men in Scripture were blessed. Churches in Scripture were blessed. Israel was blessed. And uh, we should enjoy, I enjoy being Blessed, And I consider it a blessing to live here in this part of the world. I consider it a blessing to have a church home like I have or we have as our family right here at First Baptist. Uh, but the 4th of July is a celebration of warning. Uh, you understand that. Every year when we celebrate, it is a warning of what might happen if we lose the freedoms that many have fought for, many have died for, and some of you are, have fought and are still fighting for the freedoms that we have. It is this warning, warning, warning. Um, the 4th of July is a time of warnings. Now, I, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the 4th, there, there's just something about... Fireworks. Do you, you, and I, I, we don't do much fireworks, but just so that you don't have to spend money to go watch the fireworks someplace, we're going to have the fireworks right here this morning. Uh, and this, this year, I got a particularly, well, it's a little larger than the, the normal uh, firecracker, but warning, warning, you, you read the labels, warning, warning, don't, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You want to be prepared if you're going to light off fireworks. So you need to be prepared with face protection and ear protection and hand protection before you get out the fire. So I didn't check to see if there are any babies in here. Cover their ears. 
if you have a baby here, I don't want them. If you brought a dog, I know dogs used to usually bark and cower, fireworks. So it's warning, warning, follow the warnings. So you hold it out here, you've got face protection here, and then you light the fire. Well, I really didn't expect this pencil to blow up anyway. <laughs> I mean, nobody in their right mind would light a real firecracker uh, and hold it in their hand because that wouldn't be safe. There are warnings that say, don't hold these things in your hands. And so, uh, but I've never had a pencil blow up in my hand before, and it didn't today either. But warnings. Warnings. The 4th of July is a time of warning. Now, so I warn all the kids, don't try this at home uh, unless it's a pencil. You go ahead and try it if it's a pencil. But there are, there are we, being blessed by God brings about two monumental problems or life-destroying problems that Ecclesiastes begins to to explain, or Solomon does in the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, the first one is we start taking the blessings for granted. We start to believe that everyone else in the world lives like we do. Sometimes you catch yourself believing that, that we deserve all we get. Now, I deserve this. There's kind of this mentality in the United States. We deserve this. If we don't get it, something's wrong. Somebody's going to pay. Somebody's going to answer. And we have this mentality that we deserve all we get. We have a right to all of these blessings. I have a right to live just because, you know, to, to live happy. A right to happiness. A right to monetary blessings. Uh, we have this, these things, because God has blessed America. You haven't blessed America. I haven't blessed America. We are writing and we are enjoying these benefits and the blessings because God has blessed America. Half of the world will go to bed hungry tonight when we are finishing up that large Costco apple pie before we go to bed. Uh, they are going to bed hungry. Or on the 4th of July, we can't, uh, come on, we're, we're having one more picnic. Ah, oh, just can't eat anymore. Well, maybe one more brat. Oh, maybe some chips and beans and pie. And we'll force it down because we are blessed. But don't think, don't believe that you deserve these blessings. Most of us, even those that live in apartments and live in trailer houses, have more comforts than kings did just a few years ago. More comforts. God has blessed America. And all of us could probably use an annual missions trip to South America or to Africa to just to realize how blessed we really are. Some of the, uh, so the first problem that can destroy us as a nation we're blessed and we don't think we're blessed or we think we deserve the blessing. The second, before we get into Ecclesiastes, the second 
is uh, we let the blessings warp what we think. And that's really what Ecclesiastes or Solomon is telling us. We may think that all of these blessings from God are ours, even to the point where I believe, you know, that this is mine. Now, why would I think this is mine? This is my wallet. Well, it's got to be mine because it's got my driver's license in it. It's got to be mine because it's got a Sun Country U-Fly credit card visa in it. And uh, it's got my coupons and my cub re uh, rewards in it. So it must be mine, right? No, no. This isn't really mine. This is God's. I am but a steward of what God gives me to bless me with, and he blesses me in a great way, but it is not mine. And that's where Solomon begins to explain to us. He gives us uh, instruction on how to handle God's blessings. Actually, there are eight warnings, and I don't know that we'll have time for all eight, but in Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10, he begins these eight warnings. Now, it isn't wrong to be blessed, but it's wrong if we fail to realize that since God is giving us his blessings, then he wants us to handle them in a certain way. And so these warnings are given. And rather than to read the passage and then, then uh, uh, read it all over again as I preach, I'm just going to go through. The first warning is found in verse 10, the, the first part of that. Ecclesiastes 5, verse 10. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. Now, the lesson here, the warning here, is the more you have, the more you want. You get that? The more you have, the more you want. It doesn't have to be this way. Solomon is throwing out this warning. This isn't the way it should be. The more you have, the more you want. Solomon says, this is what... Uh, maybe he was thinking of his own life. He never had enough. He was extremely wealthy. But he, he comes forth and he says, the more you have, the more you want. Maybe it's just a personal testimony that he has given here. Now, I, uh, I, would, I would say, no, I, I'm satisfied. You would too. You know, I know that it's true of most people, but I don't think that it's true of me. I think that if I had another $1,000 a month, I would be satisfied. Yeah. Or maybe you would need 2000 I don't know. But if you got there, you would be satisfied, right? No. See, that's what he's saying. The more you have, the more you want. Never quite enough. Anybody here? No, don't, don't raise your hands here. Uh, that you, you, you don't want any more. <laughs> you don't want any more silver. You don't want any more gold. You don't want any more paycheck. You don't want any more retirement. You don't want... Uh, I think we have a tendency to be this way. Unfortunately, God said he will... You'll never be satisfied. If you love silver, you'll never be satisfied with silver. You'll never have quite enough. And the warning here is blessed people 
have grown to love silver. We are blessed, but we have grown to love silver. And then we'll never have enough. John, first, when he wrote 1 John, says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now, this is kind of hard, because uh, at night when Cindy and I go to bed, we, uh, one of the, uh, or two of us, or, or both of us, we will say when we lay down in bed, I love this bed. I love our bed. Uh, I don't know if we have to revise that, and I don't know, we like our bed, I don't know. But love not the things in the world. Um, love, don't love silver, as it says here. Uh, and I think we have grown to love silver. Now, how do, you, how do you battle that, or how do you show that you do not love silver? Uh, Solomon also says that generosity shows you are not captivated by covetousness. So when we put out the missionary barrel, uh, we are a generous church. Generosity shows that we are not covetous people. We are not hoarders of silver. And So how do you know if you are satisfied or you're not a lover of silver? How generous are you? Somebody comes to you and says, boy, I've got this need. Now, I know how you as a church family respond. We fill up the missionary barrel for those that have needs. And you give to the deacon's fund for those that have needs. And I appreciate that. But that's a proof, then, that we are not loving silver. Uh, no nation in history, in, in the world, has survived prosperity. And we are holding on by a thread here in the United States. The giving, a charitable giving, is in a free fall right now in the United States of America. Even though we are the most generous uh, nation in the world, and we are. But they say charitable giving is just falling until right now uh, the average for adults... Uh, of charitable giving is down to about 2%, the average. And a lot of the philanthropists, they, uh, they raise the average a little bit for the rest of us. But no, the more you have, the more you want. Number two, is seen in part B of verse 10. Nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. Okay, so it's he that loveth abundance with increase. What is he saying there? The more you have, the less you're satisfied. The more you have. Now, in my mind, that doesn't make sense because, you know, I would be more satisfied if I had that extra $1,000 a month, you know. That's what I think, but that's not what God says. Uh, through Solomon, the more you have the more, the less you're satisfied. The more you have, the more you want. Then the more you want, the less you're satisfied. Money, and I don't know who said this, but money can buy tons of comforts, but not an ounce of contentment. That's one of those things you can write in the flyleaf of your Bible. It can, 
It can buy tons of comfort, the best of everything, but not an ounce of uh, contentment. Have you ever thought a billion dollars would satisfy me? Not according to God's word. It wouldn't. You can ask Bill Gates or you can ask all of these billionaires that are around. And I would be surprised if any of them would tell you that they are content. You can ask some of the movie stars that were millionaires anyway, that committed suicide, how content they were with life. See, their millions did not bring contentment. The more you have, the less you're satisfied. Ask the person at the slot machine that they're putting the the quarters in and out comes $500 in coins that fills their laps and it's on the floor and they're screaming and and yelling and not that I have personally witnessed this, but uh, (laughs) I never win, Uh, no. But the gathering it all up, where does it go? Where does it wind up? They sit back down and they start again until it's all gone. Because the more you have, the less you're satisfied. You win $500, the next one is going to win you $1,000. The next one is going to win you $10,000. And you walk out of there with less than you walked into there with. The, uh, the third one, third warning, is, is seen in verse 11, the first part. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. <laughs> this, is, this is good. The more you have, the more people will come after it. See, that's what he's saying. When goods increase, you get a raise, you've got more friends. They are increased that eat them. You know, hey, we're coming over. Take us out. Hey, you're, you're buying. You got the raise. You, you're buying for everybody. Uh, the more you have, the more people will come after it. The, the, uh, the Brainerd Dispatch had an article a while, it's been a while ago, on some of the lottery winners in the community. And uh, they followed up. You know, they wrote the story when they hit it and the jackpot or whatever it was. And then they had a follow-up on it. And uh, the theme of the article was ruined lives and ruined relationships. Here's a quote from a lady. Everybody keeps coming after it. My relatives just keep wanting it. And people are suing me and everything. That's the quote. Uh, Certainly not satisfaction uh, or enjoyment. Nobody wants to sue a broke guy, do they? Well, not too badly. Uh, Be thankful that you lost your in the stock market because you can be more satisfied. I used to weld when I was at Pillsbury College and seminary. Um, I was a welder. And here's the life of a welder. Now, mine was a little different because I was also attending school. But he punches in at 7 o'clock in the morning, and he punches out at 3.30 in the afternoon. He drives his old pickup home. He plays ball with his son. He coaches a little league baseball team. 
He has a great time. He drives home. He eats a bowl of chili with a cup full of Fritos. He watches TV until the 10.30 news is done. He falls asleep in about 60 seconds, and he starts snoring. The life of a welder. And he's happy. And he enjoys it. Not like the rich. So the more you have, the more people will come after it. I, every now and then I'll catch a portion, usually it's on a news or uh, something, on a, the NBA draft, and they're, they're putting these, they're choosing the people, and he's going to sign for $55 million for three years, and, and uh, some uh, mousy guy uh, jumps up when his name is read and says, that's my man! Because he's his agent. What he's really saying is, that's my meal ticket. He's going to support me. Uh, Because the more you have, more people will come after it. Remove some of the joy. Solomon says, warning, warning, warning. The fourth warning is seen in the second part of verse 11. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the beholding of them with their eyes? What's Solomon saying? The more you have, the more you realize it doesn't do you any good unless all you want to do is look at it. That's what he's saying. Just behold it with your eyes. So if you've got your riches in gold bars, you can display it and it looks nice, but Solomon is saying it's not going to do you any good unless what makes you happy is looking at gold. The fifth one. Seen in verse 12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet, whether he eat little or much. Number five, the more you have, the more you have to worry. Oh, verse 12, okay. Oh, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. Okay, the one that doesn't have much, he can go to sleep. His sleep is sweet. The one who has much, the abundance of the rich, will not suffer him to sleep. So the more you have, the more you have to worry about. Concerned about your riches. What am I going to do? I know some of you say, well, I could use a little more to worry about. Don't you think that? I'd like to worry just a little more. That would be worth it. But uh, we, we normally... Say, I wonder if I have enough to retire. I wonder if I have enough to, to uh, you know, what if I get sick? What if I have to go to the hospital? I'm going to need some more. I, I don't have enough. Will it take care of me in my old age? These are questions that we might ask. The more we have, the more we have to worry about. The sixth warning here is seen in verse 13. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurts. So what is he saying? The more you have, the more you can hurt yourself by holding on to it. It will hurt you to hold on, to cling to your wealth, uh, to your money. This is a warning. He calls it a sore evil. Uh, a sore evil is something that is hurting you. So 
We are given wealth to give it away. That's really what Solomon is saying. I don't know how much Solomon practiced this, but that's what he is saying. He is given, given wealth to give it away. You know, we have some gracious givers here at First Baptist. And you know what makes you happiest. And I'm thankful that it makes you happy to give away your wealth. It, uh, it makes it easier to be pastor here at First Baptist. And knowing that there are gracious givers. But you have found a way to receive happiness from God. And that's by giving. I, I pray we are all doing that. What makes you happy? You know, the, when, you, uh, when the offering plate is passed, you know, does your hand tremble with that, that check? Uh, and, and does the, the Lord wrench it out of your hand? Well, he, he doesn't do that. But uh, you, can hurt, you can hurt yourself by holding on to his blessings. Verse 14 is the seventh warning. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. What is, what is he saying here? The more you have, the more you have to lose. When we become so cautious because we're afraid of losing what we have, God says we'll have nothing to pass on to our son. We will lose it all. We overly cautious, clenched fists, holding on, we'll have nothing to pass on to our son. Warning, warning, warning. The last warning here is seen in verse 15. As he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he, shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hand. Uh, the, the last one is the more you have, the more you leave. The more you have, the more you leave. Because you're not going to take any of it to glory. You have opportunity to invest in glory. You can lay up treasures in heaven, but it isn't going to come by hoarding on this earth. Lay up treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth, uh, will not corrupt. And uh, so we can pass it on before we go, but once we go, we take nothing with us. The pharaohs were buried with their riches. Who enjoyed them? Uh, the grave robbers. Eh, well, you might if you go to see King Tut's tomb. You enjoy it to, to watch it, but you don't benefit from it. Uh, Solomon says he toils for the wind, which means you never grasp it. Uh, so on the back of the dollar bill, when you, when you look at one of those, and a dollar bill on the back, I gave all my, no, oh, I got one here. On the back is a picture of the eagle. And Solomon knew that we were going to print money with eagles on it, because he says, your money will fly away like a bird. And it does, doesn't it? Where did it go? Have you ever heard that? Where did it all go? I just got paid Friday, and it's already gone. Where did it go? It's a bird. It flew away. Who knows? It just goes. So lay up treasure in heaven. 
where moth and rust doesn't corrupt, nor thieves break in and steal. The best investment plan we have is to share what God blesses us with, with those around us. Lay up treasures in heaven. Use it for God's glory. Support a missionary. Encourage them. But now, a greater warning than how to handle our blessings is how we handle our souls. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after that, the judgment. What? When you die, there will be a judgment. Now, there are really two judgments. There's the judgment seat of Christ for believers. There's the great white throne judgment for unbelievers. But our souls will be judged. Revelation 20:15. for those that are not believers, it says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Ouch. Uh, that's, there's a judgment there. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, that will be your judgment. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be judged in a literal hell. But, so there's something about this book of life. Call on the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. You will have your name written in the book of life. That means that when judgment time comes for you, it is not going to be to cast into the lake of fire. You will be entered into heaven with your Lord. For by grace you're saved through faith, not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, so we, it's God's grace extended to us because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and our faith in believing that Jesus died for me. And we ask him to forgive us and save us, even as uh, Terry mentioned in her testimony this morning. And then he makes us a child of God. We don't always act like children of God. But the, the, too bad, your name's written in the book of life and in permanent ink, believe it or not. And so you will not be cast into the lake of fire. Have your name written in that book. Warning, warning. Life uh, without life in Christ, all of your blessings are worthless. All of your blessings by being born in America will be useless without your life being in Christ. Let's pray. Father, you know our hearts. You know if we are faithful you know if we're believers or not. So Lord, I pray that there will not be anyone leaving here without you as Savior. That even right now, if they've never asked you to save them, that they might do that. And believe in their hearts that God has raised you, Jesus, from the dead. The power over death, power over sin. And that we can have that power in Jesus Christ. Might they do that this morning, please. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this season. For many of us, this is the, the uh, most fun week of the year. Might we use it wisely. Might it, we use it to bring glory to your name. Might, might we share Jesus Christ with those we come in contact with, please. We pray for the parade that we'll have a good response 
and a good turnout, please. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.